Hello, I'm Bill Hood, and you're listening to Screen Printers Radio, an educational series of programs for screen printers. You'll find programs covering the basic to advanced techniques for improving the efficiency, effectiveness, and economy of your screen printing operations. Get a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. Our goal is to allow you to find solutions to the many variables present in the screen printing technologies. We've been broadcasting the screen printing community worldwide since February 1983 to help bring control to the screen printing technologies. I often get asked about rough ink surfaces when printing on textile products and how to avoid the problem. There could be several reasons why your ink is rough, but the likely culprits are the mesh count used, tension of the mesh, coating technique, incorrect off-contact distance, incorrect fill stroke, incorrect squeegee angle, incorrect squeegee pressure, incorrect squeegee speed, an inordinate amount of blowing agent in the ink, poor ink rheology, or the use of a print flash print technique. Sometimes it's a combination of all 11 of those. During my workshops, I make a point that we need to think about what's happening within one single mesh opening. Keep in mind that what is happening in that single mesh opening can be multiplied by 2.3 million times to create severe problems. Let me explain. A 110 threads per linear inch mesh has 12,100 mesh openings per square inch. If you're attempting to print an image that's 12 inches by 16 inches high, that's 192 square inches, thus 12,100 times 192 equals a bit over 2.3 million mesh openings in our image area. Even with perfect ink, off-contact, flood, and squeegee control, you can still get a rough ink surface when a peak is created as the ink is pulled from the mesh opening. If the ink doesn't release easily from the mesh opening, it'll be pulled up and a roughness will be created. This can happen with any mesh count, and the thicker the stencil, the more severe the peak will be. The mesh openings must be the right size for the ink to flow from the mesh opening. Every ink should be matched with a particular mesh count, thread diameter, and tension level to allow for the correct release. This is only found through testing of individual ink and mesh count thread diameter tension combinations. Once you find the correct parameters, you need to take steps to ensure that they are maintained by creating a written standard operating procedure and adhering to it. One of the most prevalent reasons for rough ink surfaces is the use of mesh that's lost its tension. Once the ink is sheared from the surface of the stencil by the squeegee, it'll only flow for a nanosecond. Proper tension is needed to pull the mesh from the ink while it is still flowing, that is directly behind the squeegee stroke. Low tension mesh will set in the wet ink deposit after it has stopped flowing, and if the mesh is not pulled from the ink deposit before the ink stops flowing, the wet ink remaining in the mesh opening is pulled back towards the mesh creating small peaks for each mesh opening. Using 110 thread per linear inch mesh, as in our previous example, creates approximately 2.3 million of these peaks and a very rough surface. The use of a flash gel unit will aggravate the phenomenon by gelling the raised points, and if a second pass is made, the raised points are only going to be heightened. Any stretch includes greens with tension that is below the manufacturer's suggested tension level as stated in the mesh specification guide should be replaced or stretched with new mesh. It is less expensive to replace the screens in the long run with retentionable screens. 
Assure that the screen you have chosen is tension at or above the manufacturer's suggested tension level. Most manufacturers recommend that 110 mesh usually should be tensioned at between 23 to 46 newtons per centimeter squared, depending on the thread diameter. If you do not have a tension meter, this will be made more difficult. There are several on the market and are readily available from most screen print supply distributors. It's important to understand that tension is constantly changing during the print run. You would do well to check tension levels of the uncoated dry mesh just before coating. If the tension falls below 3 or 4 newtons per centimeter squared, the mesh should be retensioned before use. Perhaps one of the most important things you'll ever learn in screen printing is that the thickness of the stencil pretty much determines the thickness of the wetting deposit. Of course, this is reduced when curing, but the thicker the wet ink deposit, the thicker it will be when cured. Your goal is to achieve a deposit of ink made with a single stroke to give the proper opacity. This is accomplished with the emulsion coating process, so let's talk about that coating process. You want to begin with a scoop cutter filled three quarters full with emulsion. Begin coating on the substrate side or the bottom of the screen. Make enough passes on the substrate side until the squeegee side of the screen is glossy with emulsion. The gloss tells you that the mesh openings are full. You cannot simply make a prescribed number of passes on a screen and be done with the process. The purpose here is to fill the mesh openings with emulsion, and this visual gloss is the only way in which you can tell if the emulsion has completely filled the mesh openings. No one can honestly state that you can make one pass on either side or two over one. This would require knowledge of the thickness of the mesh, which is determined by the diameter of the mesh threads, the volume of the mesh openings, determined by the mesh count and thread diameter, the tension of the mesh, which enlarges the mesh openings, the viscosity of the emulsion, which determines the flow rate characteristics, or many other variables of the process. There is no way you can coat all screens with the same number of strokes and get an adequate coating on each. After you have assured that you have a gloss surface on the squeegee side of the mesh, turn the screen around and make a single pass on the squeegee side of the mesh. This effectively transfers all the emulsion to the substrate side of the screen. And there are times when you may want to make a second or third pass on the squeegee side of the screen to help build up a thicker deposit of emulsion on the substrate side of the screen. Next, dry the screen in a horizontal position with the squeegee side up until the emulsion is completely dry. Do not allow the emulsion to be heated above 100 degrees Fahrenheit at any point, which would cause pre-hardening of the emulsion and loss of tension on the polyester mesh. Before the next coating, replenish the scoop coater with emulsion to duplicate the procedure on the next screen. Emulsion flows with gravity, and the less emulsion there is in the scoop coater, the less emulsion will be applied to the mesh. You should always begin coating each time with a prescribed amount of emulsion in the scoop coater. Next, let's talk about off-contact. All textile printing is done with a certain amount of off-contact. This is the distance from the bottom of the stencil to the top of the substrate that's usually just a bit more than the thickness of the ink deposit. Assure that your off-contact distance is sufficient that the mesh will lift off of the substrate during the printing at approximately one-half inch directly behind the squeegee stroke. 
If the off-contact is too low, the mesh will remain in the ink after the ink has ceased flowing, which will either leave mesh marks, which could be considered rough, or pull the ink up, creating peaks, which will cause a rough texture. Then let's talk about the fill stroke. The fill stroke is my neologism for what has incorrectly been called a flood stroke for many years, and it's made with fill blade. The purpose of the fill stroke is to fill the mesh openings approximately three-quarters full with ink in preparation for the ink transfer stroke or the squeegee stroke. The pressure should be just enough to place the correct amount of ink into the mesh openings. Too little pressure leaves the mesh openings empty or filled incorrectly. Too much will cause the ink to be extruded from the bottom of the mesh opening, which creates an excess amount of ink underneath the stencil that will degrade the image. This will produce dot gain in soft images. If the mesh opening is not sufficiently filled by the fill blade, you're setting yourself up for failure. The squeegee pass may not accurately fill the mesh opening with enough additional ink to fill the mesh opening, at which time you'll have to make a second stroke, which can lead to a rough surface in some instances, especially if there was a print flash print technique used. Another problem may occur is you will need to apply far too much squeegee pressure to force the ink further down into the mesh openings and onto the surface of the substrate. This only serves to drive the ink into the garment and leave a deposit that's not sufficiently opaque, again leading to the dreaded print flash print technique and a rough surface. Let's talk about squeegee angle. Most printers use an excessive squeegee angle of more than a few degrees. This allows too much of the blade to come into contact with the mesh and subsequently too much of the mesh to come into contact with the substrate. During the print stroke, this places the mesh into the wet ink deposit for a longer period of time than necessary, leading to roughness of the ink deposit because the ink stayed in the mesh longer after it ceased to flow. The goal is to have as little of the squeegee come into contact with the mesh as possible. Without getting too deep into the science behind it, the squeegee blade edge should not make contact with more than two threads during the print stroke. Let's talk about squeegee pressure. The squeegee pressure should be just enough to bring the bottom of the mesh into the contact with the top of the substrate. On an automatic where you can predetermine the squeegee pressure, this would equate to perhaps as low as 23 pounds of squeegee pressure. If you're printing manually, before you fill the screen with ink, use a fingertip to push the mesh down until the bottom of the mesh comes into contact with the top of the substrate. This will give you an idea of just how little pressure is really needed. The ink that was placed into the mesh opening by the fill stroke will touch the ink and be pulled from the mesh as the squeegee passes and the tension on the mesh pulls the mesh up and away, leaving the ink on the surface of the substrate. Now we'll get into squeegee speed. This will require some experimentation, but generally speaking, the squeegee should be moved across the mesh at a high speed to create the best possible ink transfer. The ink transfer action takes place in a very small amount of time, split seconds. The thinner the ink, the faster the squeegee can travel across the image. The thicker the ink, the slower the squeegee must be. What you're looking for in setting the squeegee speed is that which provides for the complete transfer of ink from the mesh openings onto the substrate. A squeegee speed that is set too slow allows the mesh to remain in the ink after the ink has already began to settle and stop moving while the mesh is still in contact with the ink. The result is either mesh marks in the ink or worse, 
a part of the ink is pulled up from the mesh, creating the rough surface. This is like pulling saltwater taffy, a very thixotropic product, and observing it stretching out. Or imagine chewing gum, also thixotropic, stuck to the bottom of your shoe. As the mesh is lifted by the tension from the ink that has stopped flowing, the ink is lifted slightly, forming little points from the center of their mesh openings. Once set with the flash, these points may feel like sandpaper. Now let's talk about ink. Most plastisol inks are formulated for resistance to bleeding, and they have a small amount of blowing agent in them. This is the same agent used to make puff inks. When using these inks, you should expect a slight puffing effect if you overflash or overcure only slightly. This slight puffing can result in a rough ink surface. Even if the effect is very slight, it can be aggravated by multiple flashing and subsequent overprinting. Most plastisol ink is thixotropic to some degree and will flow when sheared. This is especially true of white ink. Just as ketchup will not easily flow from the bottle without a downward motion, which is similar to the squeegee stroke, and an upward motion as the tension pulling the mesh upward to assist in the ink in making this transfer happen. Thinner inks will release easier from the mesh than thicker inks. Thus, thicker inks will need a larger mesh opening than thin inks. You need to refine your print technique with the rheology of the particular ink in mind. And we have to talk about print flash print. A print flash print technique should only be used when the screen maker chose too fine a mesh count to lay down a sufficient amount of ink in the first place. However, there are times when an incorrect screen does get to the press and a short-run job must be printed with a print-flash-print technique. If the total time needed to make the double stroke were more than the time needed to replace the screen, it might be time to consider exposing the correct screen while the operator prints another job. When using a print-flash-print technique, any roughness present on the first print will be increased on the second print. For instance, if the ink is pulled up into small peaks during the first stroke, it'll be only slightly reduced from the heat of the flash and will remain slightly rough. The second pass raises the peaks to as much as 150% of the original size, which results in a very rough surface. While there is much more to the ink transfer process, these points should be considered and will give you a decided improvement in your ink smoothness. This concludes today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to contact me on my website at buildingconsulting.com for more information on how you can improve your production, increase your revenue, and improve your operation. We can help you to become more efficient, effective, and economically viable. You've been listening to Screen Printers Radio. Visit our website at screenprintersradio.com online where you can find our archive of past episodes, leave your comments, and submit your request for the subject of a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. We depend on your donations to keep Screen Printers Radio online. Please consider donating on the website to show your appreciation for our service. Thank you. I'm Bill Hood, and may all your impressions be great.